won't I have to pay for my own compliance as an RIA? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA video series. It is question number 11. Welcome everyone. I am Brad Wales with Transition to RIA and today's question, like I said, is won't I as a financial advisor have to pay for my own compliance if I transition and start my own RIA? Now, I would tell you, th this is actually one of my favorite questions to get because uh, besides a relatively easy answer, um, but I think it really starts driving home uh, you know, how you need to, to mentally approach the RA model. And, and, there's, and I'll give examples of certain, certain ways when you start thinking things through, I think you'll see them in a whole new light than, than you maybe previously thought of it. And so when an advisor says, well, geez, aren't I gonna have to pay for my own compliance? I, I, I do ask them to kind of reset their thinking, which is what I'm gonna do here on the video. And I, and I think it'll have the same effect of, of you as well. So uh, the short answer is, is do, do you have to pay for your own compliance? And the answer is yes. So unlike now, you, you are probably most likely at a, at a large broker dealer slash RA firm, say a wirehouse type firm. And, and, and for that, the, the, the firm itself is providing compliance for you and is providing supervision uh, for you. Now, that's because they're required to do that. So they're required to kind of oversee you from a compliance perspective and a, and a supervision perspective. And so if you were to start your own RIA, the RIA itself uh, has those responsibilities and functions. A, a custodian does not do that for an RIA. An RIA is completely independent of any other, any other end, uh, vendor. So the, certainly the custodian would not play that role. And so, so yes, as your own RIA, you, you do have responsibility for your own compliance and, and the costs that come with that. So again, the short answer is yes, you do have to pay for your own compliance. Um, now, the, the, quick, the quick answer of, well, how do I go about doing that? And I've done some videos talking about uh, compliance consultants. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do some more as well. Uh, and and the, the reality is no RIA tries to do it on their own. You work with specialty expert compliance consultants that help RIAs manage their entire compliance program. You would not, you would not while you technically could, from a regulatory standpoint, try to do it on your own, that you that that is just the the approach used with with every RA I've dealt with. You work with a compliance consultant to to help you with uh, managing that responsibility. And, and yes, you do have to pay them for that service. Uh, and actually, in the in the next video, I'll I'll go into exactly what you can expect from a cost structure working with these compliance consultants. But I I do want to break that out because that is kind of a separate topic with some nuances from just this core question at the moment of, you know, won't, won't I, as the, the advisor, I start my RA, now have to pay for these, these compliance costs. And, and what I would challenge you to, to think through is you're at, you're at your firm now, they are providing you with compliance already. The reality is, you know, when someone says to me, won't, won't I have to pay for it as my own RA? you are already paying for it. Make, make no mistake, you are already paying for your compliance. It just happens to be to your existing firm. So the example I always give is, and, and by the way, it's, it's in your payout. So the example I always give is, and we'll just use some, some easy, simple numbers here, but, but let's say you are a, uh, an advisor generating a million dollars in, in trailing 12 revenue or historical gross revenues, whatever, whatever phrase you'd like. 
Um, and, and let's say your, your payout is 40% on that. So, so, so that of course means the firm, right, is keeping 60% of the payout. Uh, so, and, and from that 60% plus a multitude of other ways of a firm makes money off of the advisor relationship, but, but we'll just keep it simple with from that 60%, that's $600,000 you are effectively paying to your firm to be on that platform. So, so make no mistake in that $600,000, this is for, again, a simple example of a million dollar producer is the cost of providing you with that compliance. So, but right out of the gate, you, you mentally need to, to, to reset if your thought is, well, I don't pay for compliance now, but I would have to pay for it as my own RA. You are absolutely gonna pay for it under either scenario. The, the question is, which one is more advantageous for you uh, to have to, to, to pay for it? Um, and, and the example I always give is, is kind of getting an itemized bill. So right now, you know, this is the mental exercise, right now to, to use that 40% payout example, you're, you, if, if that was you as the advisor, just kind of given this bundled all in 60%, you know, bill that you, that you receive, okay, you, you, you owe $600,000 for all the services we provide you. And, it, and it's not an itemized bill. And then maybe sometimes see no evil. Maybe it's, maybe it's better like that. You feel at times, oh, oh gosh, and everything's just bundled in there. But I would challenge you is if, if you could instead be presented with a bill that's, that's, easy numbers, maybe half that amount, but it's all itemized. And so you need to see uh, each of these individual expenses. And yes, there is that compliance in there and there's a number next to it. And I've never had to see that before uh, because it was all kind of blurred into my bundled thing over here. But if, but if the bundle costs 60 cents on the dollar and the itemized is 30 cents on the dollar, do, do you really care that you can see uh, an individual line item there you've never seen before if the aggregate total is still substantially less than what that bundled cost is. So I, I challenge you to reset your thinking on, on, don't think, oh, it's a new cost. It's not a new cost at all. It's, it's now just a, a cost that's more transparent. Uh, and more importantly, you, you now have some control over. And so uh, what I mean by that is with, with your current firm, and if you are at one of these large firms with, with say 10,000 plus advisors, keep in mind that compliance apparatus that you are paying for has to cover the entire spectrum of 10,000 plus advisors. And so just, just to give you some examples, keep in mind uh, th that's advisors of all different experience levels. So, so perhaps you have 10, 15, 20 years experience or, or more, but, but there's also advisors there that, that have two years experience. And, and guess what? The compliance has to cover all of you equally together. And, and so that, that terminology you'll hear is, is the lowest common denominator approach, which means, okay, as a, as a big firm, we have to set our compliance to, to uh, the lowest common denominator because we don't know what, what these advisors on that, that, that lower experience level uh, or, or higher risk level are gonna do. So, so we, we, we just lump everyone in together in, in our compliance program. So it's, it's not just a financial thing, it's, it's literally, the lowest common denominator approach of, of what you're paying for right now. And, and a couple more examples, uh, you, you, because you're, you're going with this bundled approach, which has this bundled compliance blanket approach of all advisors at your firm, uh, you're being bunched in with advisors that have, for instance, a lot of uh, dings on their CRD. And, and so they are arguably making uh, less ideal choices with clients and it's, and it's causing problems for them 
it's causing problems for the firm. And so guess what? You're, you're being lumped in with that as well with this compliance that you're paying for. Um, you also have advisors that maybe use, you know, some very esoteric products with their clients that, that maybe you don't. Maybe you're pretty plain vanilla and you use some, some pretty simple models that you maybe have generated from ETFs or mutual funds. And, and, but, but guess what? The, the same compliance program that oversees you has to oversee these more exotic approaches as well. And, and you're having to basically subsidize that, even though you're not using some of those, you know, products or services, it, it doesn't matter. You, you're paying for this full compliance solution. Um, another example would be, uh, you know, some advisors have a lot of foreign clients. Um, there's a lot of additional uh, AML, anti-money laundering oversight responsibility uh, for those sorts of clients. So that compliance program has to be able to manage all of those as well. Now, if that happens to be you, hey, maybe you're getting a, a good deal from that, that, that cost of compliance you're paying for. But if you're an advisor that, that has only a few or maybe no foreign clients, keep in mind, again, what you're paying for is covering uh, a client base in part that, that, that you don't have anything to do with. Uh, and, and again, it's because of that bundled solution. Uh, and then the last example I just throw out there is, you know, if, if advisors at your firm uh, run into trouble with clients and it results in settlements, something has to pay for that. So there, there is a cost with that. Again, that all gets bundled in. You just happen to be along for the ride, perhaps, because you are paying for this all-in bundled solution. Um, and that just main point, something has to pay for all of these things. And so when you're at a large firm, and I always point out, these large firms, I, I think they are, I'm certain they are run by well-intended people that are good people. Uh, instead, I, I point out it's more of a structural problem. When, when you're one of 10,000 advisors, that even well-intended management of that struggles with some of these things. How, how do we put a compliance program in place that, that covers all of these different you know, client bases or advisor bases and experience levels and all these things? And, and, and you get lumped in all together. Whereas if you have your own RIA, you get to build a compliance program specifically based on just you and any other advisors you choose to have there with your firm. That, that's a completely different way to put a program together than it is having to bundle everyone. And, and so likewise, when we talk cost, keep in mind, you're, you're, uh, the cost for you to work with a compliance consultant to build a compliance program for a you know, much simpler model than, than what the large firms have to do to cover all of their 10,000 plus advisors. You, you could arguably be paying currently more in compliance right now for, for a lot of stuff that doesn't even have anything to do with you uh, than, than you would if you, you, you could itemize it out and, and pay for it yourself and pay for only what you need based on your particular circumstances. So I, I really challenge you to reset your thinking both in in, in the optics of, oh, oh gosh, do I have to pay for a line item of compliance? Or is it just kind of blurred in the 60% I, I give back to the firm? And, and then really think through your flexibility uh, from a compliance program. Are you being lumped in with 10,000 advisors and, and, and maybe for a whole host of reasons that's limiting your abilities with what you can do with your practice and your clients uh, versus, versus being able to make a very customized compliance solution based solely on the advisors there in your RA. So I, I really think it's something for you to think about um, online. So bottom line, yes, you do have to pay for compliance. There's no escape in that. I wouldn't challenge you though to, again, to reset your thinking of, 
both from a financial and flexibility standpoint of what that difference would be between your current arrangement and if you were to transition to the RA model, how that would look. So with that, like I said, my name is Brad Wales with Transition to RIA. Uh, and what I do is I work with advisors to help them understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RIA model. Uh, so today's topic, a perfect example of that, of, you know, hey, why might I want to transition to the RIA model? And when, when it comes to compliance, it's for these very topics. And so this is the sort of conversations I have with advisors, and I'd be more than happy to, to help you think through. And again, this is just one pillar of all of the variables that go into this. Um, so if, you, if you're not already there, if you head on over to transitiontoria.com, uh, you can see plenty more videos I've made. I have white papers you can get. And then the most effective and easiest way to kind of begin a dialogue to learn all of these sorts of things is, is to go ahead and reach out to me. At the very top is a, is a contact link. Uh, you can easily and instantly schedule a specific date and time uh, for us to connect and would be more than happy to, to begin this sort of dialogue with you to just to help you think through and understand, okay, what is your current situation as an advisor and what might a, a transition to the RA model look for, for you and your specific circumstances? Uh, and then ultimately, if, if that does uh, have an appeal to it for you and it does seem to, hey, that's that's maybe a path I should go on. You know, what are those steps to actually transition to that model? Again, that's what I help advisors with. I uh, would be happy to have that dialogue with you as well. So with that, I hope you learned something on today's video and I'll see you on the next one.